Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Poop, insightful BS with my Laker friends and NBA legends. And today we are without anybody, Ari. It's just going to be you and I talking about, uh, let's just put it this way, clean up on aisle number one, which is the Lakers mess that they have up there. Uh, and then we will discuss a little bit about the current playoff situation that's going on now, the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. That's actually a great series. Turned out to be a good one. Tough game for the Clippers last night. And I finally came out of the closet because I'm a Clipper fan, so I'm rooting for L.A. But as soon <laughs> as they do whatever they're going to do, win or lose, I'm jumping right back on that Laker train. I'll be in the caboose ringing. Let's go Lakers. So is it crazy? Come with something that's dear to my heart, Ari. Which is the big three, baby. We about to get started. Ice Cube League. Here, Jeff started a fantastic three-on-three basketball league, going into our fourth season. But we'll get to that later. So first, the love of my life, the Los Angeles Lakers. What are your thoughts on the Lakers, Ari? Well, you know it's interesting because I remember last year after they won the title, you were talking about, you know, they needed to bring Dwight Howard back. They need to bring Deval McGee back. The importance that that those guys had, allowing them to play you know, different styles, play small ball, but also play big. And nobody could really match up with that. And I, I, you know, I, I think they were certainly, you know, missing that component to their team. I mean, they just, you know, they just really never, I think, uh, established, you know, secondary scores. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely go back to what you said after they won the title last year, which was, Hey, they got to figure out a way to, to keep these guys. And they obviously didn't. And I think the biggest thing that you said there was the style of play, and I, I like that because I thought the Lakers still had that, but I think the biggest reason why they couldn't let McGee and Howard get out of there, because believe it or not, the longevity they were able to afford AD, because they could put him on the bench, and he didn't have to play, you know, and be that ultimate shot blocker, and I think that's what happened. I think for me, the Lakers' downfall was that they didn't have a shot blocker. Uh, Rob Palenka, again, the GM for the Los Angeles Lakers, I thought did a good job of assembling the team, but you cannot let big, big guys is something you can't coach. You can coach little guys, big guys. You don't coach that because they do instinctive things such as block shots and rebound the basketball. That's in their DNA. That's what they're made up of. And the Lakers didn't have that. Granted, you went out and got Mark Gasol. You went out and got Montrez Harrell, six man, uh, six, six man of the year which I thought was a great pickup, but Gasol did nothing for you, nothing for you. And again, the Lakers success to me, Ari, and just watching it, I want to hear your opinion too, is their defense. Yeah, they were ranked in the top three in defense this year, but they were, I think, what, uh, bottom of the pack or middle of the pack as far as shot blocking. And that's what provided the Lakers with McGee and Dwight Howard, along with AD, yeah. and LeBron was playing big too. Those four players right there allowed the Lakers to block shots, contest shots. And when you're doing those type of things, that allow you to not be as efficient on the offensive end because your defense is going to cover up. But again, at the same time, it allows your transition offense to get easy points. I thought the Lakers really struggled for points this year in the half court, and they did very little to help themselves when they let those two players get out of there because, you know, Gasol, as well as Montrez, he's not a big defensive player. He's more of, I see him as an offensive player. That's what the Lakers were missing. So, Without that, now you got to put AD out on the floor a lot more. And again, it comes, and we knew this when he was in New Orleans, that he was injury prone. And he really got injured this year because his body just broke down because of the minutes and the things he had to do. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great point about Gasol and Harrell are not great rim protectors, shot blockers, especially Gasol. And, I mean, you know, look, you, you think about defense in the regular season versus defense in the postseason. I mean, you've got to be able to lock teams up in the half court. And you're right. I mean, this is just not a consistent and good defensive unit. And when you've got that many rim protectors and shot blockers as they had last year, you know, it's just it, it doesn't really matter how good your perimeter defense is because you can funnel everything to the rim and still, you know, it's like meet you at the rim. And, um, you know, look, I think the regular season and the, and, the, and the playoffs are different because, you know, and obviously, you know, this better than I would, but you're not really watching film during the regular season. You're not really breaking other teams down. Right. It's just, you know, shoot arounds and very rare practices. But when you get into the postseason, you know, you're breaking teams down. You're looking at, you know, where weaknesses you're as opposed to the regular season where you're just playing game after game after game focused on yourself. The postseason is we're going to focus in on the this this particular team. We're going to expose their weaknesses. We're going to see what they don't do well on tape, and we're going to continue to expose that. And it seemed like, you know, that was the Lakers where they just couldn't consistently defend the half court in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think you make a great point as far as that breakdown in the playoffs, because, you know, when we were playing the Celtics, I knew what time, when, and what color underwear as far as Larry Bird going to the bathroom, <laughs> because I knew that much about him. <laughs> I knew that much about him. But I know uh, Pat Riley was great with our attention to detail breakdown in the film room. And you're right, because during the regular season, you play Seattle, I mean, well, the OKC, you play right. the Knicks, you got uh, the Chicago Bulls. There's so many games coming at you with different teams. You don't have that luxury. So you, coaches try to jam in as much as they can. But when you get to the playoffs and you're playing this team for seven games, you get to know everything about each and every individual. You get to know all their plays, out of bounds, side out of bounds. Uh, and so it's, a, it's different basketball. And I think that's where the Lakers really suffered this year. Uh, but and we eventually saw the collapse happen with uh, so, against the Phoenix Sun with a very good team. Who would you like to see them go after? What what kind of players? I mean, do you, do you start with rim protection as in terms of like what they should do this offseason? No, I think where I'm going to start is is that point guard position. I thought they shored it up with Schroeder. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he wasn't that player. But again, to that young man's credit, you got to give him this. He came in here looking at this team was going to be healthy all year. I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't thinking, hey, I'd have to do a maximum load for about 10 or 15 games. Right. And when he came here, I think he was the ideal piece for the Lakers. I think he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Come in, average between 12 to 15, 16 points and just uh, handle the basketball when LeBron threw it to him, be ready to hit his shots. And every now and then be creative on the offensive end. Well, when AD went down, I think his workload picked up a little bit. And for yeah. sure, when LeBron went out for those the games, he went out with that ankle sprain, his, his, his workload overloaded him and eventually he got injured. So I think that's what it, so for me, if I'm looking to, uh, and again, this is just some guys, uh, uh, I'm in my man cave. You're in probably your second bedroom, just talking about what the Lakers need to do. Right. You know, I, I'm going to start at the point guard position. Point guard. I think the Lakers going to have to do something to shore that up. Uh, obviously Schroeder turned down a, a contract extension and uh, which blows my mind because what kind of, where does he think he's going to get that kind of money and, you know, being a great city and play on a great team with a legendary player. You, to me, you don't pass that up. And, you know, I didn't pass that up and I was only making maybe uh, not even less than 
four percent of what he's making here, man. I mean, my the most I ever made in my years with the Lakers six hundred seventy six hundred seventy seven thousand dollars. Ari, that's unbelievable. That's what I made at the max of my my athleticism and my ability with the Los Angeles Lakers, and we had won four championships. That's the most I ever made. Six, and he turned out what five years, $102 million or something like that. These guys are losing their fucking mind, man. They really are. So anyway. Would you, you, always ask, you always ask everybody what you what they would make in this day and age. What would you make in this day and age? I, this day and age, and looking at Draymond Green, I would be you, signing numbers like him. Hey, this is Michael Cooper. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, National Basketball, National Hockey League, and all your UFC MMA action. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch... Head over to Bet Online, your laptop or mobile device, and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So anyway. you, you always ask, you always ask everybody what you, what they would make in this day and age. What would you make in this day and age? I, this day and age and looking at Draymond Green, I would be you, signing numbers like him. You'd be uh, a max player. And obviously, you know, you you, you find yourself in a max player contract and, and granted there is some offense to be said that you have to have, but if Ben Wallace can get in a hall of fame averaging six points <laughs> and Draymond Green can sign a contract, who can't shoot a three and he's limited offensively, then I would be, I would be, uh, I would have generational wealth. Ari, I'll put it that way. <laughs> it is unbelievable though. You think about it, you topped out at 600, you know, some thousand, which was probably a lot of money back then. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but not for, you know, not compared to what these guys are making. Yeah. But you know what? The thing I like to say is that my little 677,000 afforded players like, Draymond Green and the defensive-minded players to earn that kind of money that they're making. And then I think just the way we played in general. You got to hit Draymond up for some money. Boosted the NBA. But you got to hit hit Draymond up. You got to hit Draymond up. Be like, hey, can you you give me some of that? (laughs) Can I have some of that, Draymond? Because I said, I made this happen for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't want his money. Go ahead, take that money. Anyway, back to our Lakers situation that we're having. So I started the point guard. Uh, we can't get too deep into that because I don't want to talk too much about the financial aspect. The Lakers really don't have money. I think they're going to have to really try to woo him back. But I think with the amount of players that are in the league this year and Schroeder not being um, that so-called, would you, would you call Schroeder uh, a top 10 point guard in the NBA? No. Okay. So that speaks for itself right there to me. How he could turn that kind of money down is is unfathomable, but that's a whole situation. So some of the people out there that have to get, I think they can get a G League player, a good solid G League player, or you look around the league and find a, a point guard on one of these uh, other teams into the bench you can bring in. Because all the Lakers really need is a point guard that can come down, get us into something, 
take the ball out of LeBron's hands for about eight to 10 minutes, especially when he's on the floor, and then do the other simple things. Hit your shot when it's there. Play good, solid defense. Uh, make plays for other people around you. So for me, that's where I would start with the Lakers is how am I going to show up uh, to make things a little bit easier for LeBron? The second thing I would do, now you talk about the bigs. Now, you know, maybe go back and get a JaVale McGee from Denver. Uh, look around the league and see what's out there. But you have to have another rim protector uh, that the Lakers had three of them. Now they only have a legitimate one. You got to go find that other player. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I I would have thought you would have put this as the number one priority for them this offseason, considering, you know, the importance of rim protection, you know, especially in the playoffs. But I think you're right. I mean, I, it's crazy Schroeder would turn that down. What you're looking for is, you know, a, a secondary ball handler that can defend. I, I would say most important, you know, a guy that understands, you know, how to get this team into their sets, can can be a you know, secondary distributor and, and can defend. Has to be a two-way player. So, I mean, there there's – there's plenty of guys like that, I think, available um, that, you know, you can get for much cheaper than what Schroeder turned down. So maybe that'll be a blessing to disguise. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you have any money to spend, you've got to spend it on on, on some rim protection. You got to find somebody that can come in and, and help you help you protect the rim. Now, let me let me throw this at you. All right. You know how teams are putting these uh, three headed monsters, so to say, Kyrie, Durant. Hardened together and they're trying to put people together and stuff like that. Do you think the Lakers, and then I'll give you my opinion. Do you think the Lakers should take that route about things? Now it's going to be hard for them because they don't have that kind of cap space available. No, because they've already won a title with this core with LeBron and and Anthony Davis. So I I think it's sort of going back to what made them successful last year in the bubble and, and trying to sort of rebuild around those lines. So no, I, you know, I think that there's issues with that because, I mean, look what happened with Brooklyn. You know, when you have those guys you're counting on all year and then they go down, I mean, Durant had to basically do it all himself. He had he had no confidence or faith in anybody else on the roster. And so I think that can happen when you're so reliant on three guys to be your your top players. One of the things I think LeBron does better than anybody is get everybody involved and, and understand the importance of getting, getting everybody involved because at some point he thinks, all right, the, I'm going to need to count on these guys to score big buckets for me. And so that was, that's what stood out to me with Brooklyn is they just, it was like Kevin Durant just trying to do everything. And he just ran out of gas. Let me ask you this. If, do you think Brook, do you think the Lakers supporting cast is better than Brooklyn supporting cast? Harris yeah. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sh- Sh- Schumer Sh- Shumpert. Those guys. Kuzma yeah. Caruso KCP. Yes. Uh, Morris. You think Definitely. the Lakers supporting cast is better than Brooklyn's? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you would you mess with that? I would already. I clean house. I get all that all that dead wood out of here, man. I get all that, you know. Everybody, KCP. Uh, well, KCP, probably one of their better perimeter defensive players. But Caruso, Kuzma, who never really came into his own. KCP really never came into his own. Matthews, that all that all that shit gotta go man all that that pretending shit you know you can't just be in la you gotta be here and prove yourself and help out granted they did in the bubble but every year you have to get better and i don't think those guys right. got better from 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 last year Kuzma, I agree with Caruso, that. they didn't get better Casey matthews P, too he didn't get better so um yeah unfortunately matthews has not been a good nba player for years now 
You but know. they put a lot of stock into him, man. I, I don't see why. I don't see it. I think I could have played better than him at 65. Give me out yeah. there. You know, <laughs> if, if if I'm wide open right now and I don't have to run to the other end, I think I can hit some threes. And I, you know, think I, think, my, huh? I think Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be a good ball player. Um, you know, he was, I think he was a rookie this past year. I think he's a guy that showed some things. I think you're right, though, with Caruso and Matthews. I mean, find younger guys to get them those minutes. You know, I, the Andre Drummond thing didn't probably work out. Um, I like Drummond. That was another one. I, I liked him. I don't really think he got a chance to fulfill his po- full potential because he was brought in when AD went out. Well, AD was here a little bit. Then LeBron was out. Then he he never really got to really jive yeah. with them. But I think he'll be that, that not necessarily dominating shot blocking big, but that boy rebounds. And if he rebounded, he's getting you extra opportunities on the offensive end. So what do you think about the the big three? Do the Lakers need to add a, you know, a third guy? I think they need to, but this year is going to be virtually impossible because to get that other player, and let's throw uh, just this one name out there, Damian Lillard. Let's say if the Lakers wanted to really target him, you're going to have to give up half the bench, first round picks for the next four or five years, you have to give up too much. And I think it'll deplete the team. And then eventually LeBron's going to have to, is going to retire. AD may retire. He's at that point now, because I think he's satisfied with winning the one championship. That's the elusive thing that everybody's going for. Now you left with Damian Lillard there with a bunch of, um, a less team than he has now up in Portland. And that wouldn't be fun for him. So, um, I don't think Good they point. need it. I'm in agreement with you. I think you just need to show up uh, those role players and really find people that play their role well. Uh, just going to, to that for a quick second, you look at Phoenix's team. That team is stocked with role players, and those yep. guys don't play yep. out of their position. They do what they're supposed to do, and they don't try to play anymore. So looking – and every year when a team wins a championship or a team on its way, everybody kind of uh, – tries to go and resemble what that team did. But I think Phoenix really done a good job of building that team from, from draft picks, from free agents, uh, bringing people in. And now with Chris Paul there, and I think it's demanded before Chris Paul got there, is that you play your role. I think the Laker team, our role players, Kuzma, those guys try to do more than that, what they should have been doing. And it kind of, and chemistry fell apart. So that's uh, our thoughts and of rebuilding the Lakers. They got a long road. We're going to see because now Rob Palenka as a GM has to earn his money. You got to put this pieces together and, and build it back uh, any kind of way you can. I don't think it's something that uh, is going to be very hard to do, but it's going to have, you got to pick the right pieces. And again, that's the mastery of Jerry West. You want to talk about GMs in the past. Jerry was very good at finding that one or that two player that would always come in and fit the bill. And again, do his job. Yeah, no, and and look, I, I I certainly wonder who they'll you know who they'll find expendable from this roster, you know who they'll move on from from this roster. Uh, but I think you're right. I mean, find some some secondary ball handlers, find find guys who can play both ways, and then find some rim protection, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Are are so are you rooting for the Clippers? Yeah, I am uh, rooting for the Clippers. And uh, this segment is about the Clippers. And uh, I have some good things to say about them. And I have some bad things to say about the Clippers. Uh, first of all, the good things. Clippers are a very tenacious team. To be able to spot teams 0-2 and to fight your way and get back into them games the way they did uh, against Dallas 
and, and a series before that. And now you kind of did that with Phoenix, but it's going to be a tough road now. And obviously last night's game had put them in a real hole because being down 3-1 against a very solid team, that's going to be hard to come from. If the Clippers do that, if the Clippers were to come back and win this Phoenix series, and I'm going to be careful about saying this, okay? I would, I would, I would lose my allegiance to the Lakers and just be a total Clipper fan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, it would be great if they did that. It's going to be a tough, tough series for them. Uh, but again, I love that tenacity that they've shown. The bad thing about the Clippers, I think uh, Paul George feels that he has to take it up on his shoulders to be everything. And I think that's the wrong route to take because teams win championships, not individual players. But I think Paul George is playing to get that stigma off of him, playoff, playoff PG. And then the second negative thing, if it is a negative thing, I don't like what Kawhi Leonard is doing. And I, don't I was just like going to ask you, I was going to ask you what you of, thought about it. From the sense of he's injured, I understand that. But to be at home and sitting in the suites and not down on you with your team uh, on the bench and being part of that, that that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't like that. I just think that's that that doesn't fit well with the team atmosphere. What, yes, what would you what would you think if you were on that team? The Clippers? Yeah, like if that were going on while you were there. Well, it wouldn't be going on. And, you know, I, I talked to Jim Jones. I saw him the other day and talked to Norm Nixon and, and different players. Talked to Magic uh, about three or four days ago, who I'm still working on to get on the show. That, you don't do that. Uh, you know, again, you're injured. We understand that. Come on, sit down there with us. Be part of it. Be in the locker room with us. But to be actively at the game and you're sitting in a suite, I don't, I don't like that, man. And, and that kind of like scares me a little bit about the Clippers because you got to remember going back to San Antonio when they won the championship and then he got hurt the next year, Kawhi distanced himself from the team, which leads me to believe that he don't want to be in LA. And I think yeah, I mean, And there's even a report out now too, that he's unhappy with the Clippers medical staff. You know, so this is very much a Doesn't repeat. Doesn't that sound of like San Antonio? Oh, it's exactly what happened at San yeah. Antonio. Yeah, so it's exactly. I, I see him. I see him leaving the Clippers after this year, and that's pretty sad because you know what? They were starting to build something. And yes, Kawhi, I never question anybody that's injured or hurt because, again, only you know that. You know the degree, but the way that you're handling your injury or being hurt is not the right way. You got to be with the guys in the hole, foxhole, whether you're injured or not. Hey, we got you, Kawhi. Come on. You should be down on the bench. You should be in the locker room. And even up in the suites when they do something well, this guy's not clapping. Right. I know. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Like, it is. I mean, it's, it's shocking to me. It is. And I'm, I'm a big team. Together, everyone achieves more person. If you're part of the team, you're with us all the way. So um, that's that's going to be tough. That's why I think in that scenario that's going on right there, that's why I don't think that they can beat the Phoenix team because they're not to- everybody's not totally committed to what you're doing. And when you have that energy coming from everybody, playing or not playing, that energy is tough to get over. And I'm telling you, that's why Phoenix is playing so well. Chris Paul, what, missed the first two games? These yeah. guys went on and won both of them. Yeah. So that's the energy, but he was he was still part of it. And again, his situation, COVID, you can't be around the team. 
but calling the players, FaceTiming them on the phone. I mean, that's energy, man, that they get to, to play off of, and that's important. So That's a great um, example, too, of, of you know, one – one guy that couldn't be there that's trying to do exactly what he, you know, everything he can do to be part of that team dynamic versus another guy that's like, just looks completely apathetic. Like he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be involved. And I'm mad at the Clippers medical staff. So what the guys still need my presence. Let me get down there with them. Okay. I don't have to say nothing to them, but I'm still part of the team. So, and Kawhi is a very selfish, selfish individual. It seems like, you know, there's a, there's a history here that suggests he doesn't care about anybody else, but Kawhi, which is, well, you know, but well, before that, AT, I think I, I was, I was, I was like, okay, let's get a guy a break. Don't be too hard on. But I agree with you now because I'm seeing it firsthand, and you get to hear more about it. When somebody's doing it in another city on another team, you hear bits and pieces, and you kind of like, well, okay, I don't believe everything I hear. Well, I don't believe everything I hear, or do I believe my lying eyes? And my lying right. eyes say this guy is not with the team, man. He's sitting up in the stands, so. Uh, well, it's crazy, I'm, too, is it's like he tried to force himself out of San Antonio and everybody thought to get to L.A. You know, he's an L.A. guy. Everybody thought that's that's why he wanted to. He wanted to get back to L.A. And here he is back in L.A. And it's, you know. And this is what we get. What this is what we get back to L.A. Amazing. Impressive. But why didn't he just join the Lakers? Pardon me? Why didn't he just join the Lakers? <laughs> you know what? I don't think he'll join the Lakers because LeBron, I don't think, played that. Even LeBron got hurt. Okay, you can miss maybe one or two days, but in the game, at least LeBron was on the bench in the games or right. in the locker room, I heard, and I knew that for a fact that he was well, on the And the playoffs. You know, if, if LeBron yeah. were injured in the playoffs, yeah. he'd be there. No doubt he'd be there. It's, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But it, isn't it crazy, too, that the Clippers have never been in the Western Conference Finals? This is the first time they've ever been in the Western Conference Finals. And you know what? Alone, that should tell Kawhi, come on, man, I'm taking this team to bigger and greater heights. You'll right. always remember for doing great things. The Flipper fans are very, very loyal. And for you to come on and get them here, but it, it is strange. And that's the one thing that I'm liking about the playoffs this year. You look at Atlanta on the other side. Just be, you know, Milwaukee has won a championship back when Kareem was there, but hadn't done anything near. Here's Atlanta, a team that nobody nobody could see anything happening good for and here they are playing the eastern conference finals and the clippers never ever having been here that's like walking on the moon for them back in 1967 <laughs> it is i mean <laughs> crazy. Crazy. although i'm sure when you were playing for the lakers like you're not surprised the clippers never been there because they were so bad they were so bad for so long be well, so they bad they're playing us anyway all right, right. that ass so they would have never see it because if they're there that means we're not there so that wasn't gonna happen but, but they weren't even like they weren't even remotely good no when you back uh, in the day I mean, they I mean, even... it's, it's it's amazing how things go but uh that's our clipper segment there we're not gonna kill them off too much because you know what they may make us eat our words all right so who do you think is gonna win it i mean you think the suns are gonna win it all or the well, box I tell you what if Phoenix finishes this off, the Clippers off tomorrow, Phoenix is going to win the championship. Doesn't matter whether they play Milwaukee or Atlanta. I think Phoenix is set for it. Uh, I agree. That DeAndre Anton, that kid is playing out of his head, man. And you know what? He's one of those players that's not doing anything out of the ordinary. He rebounds, he runs the floor, he blocks shot, and he takes his shot. I mean, the team shot for him. When they throw him a shot, you, he's not just jacking it up. If it's a good shot, he takes it. If not, he passes it and goes sets a pick. Yep. Who's your who's your, your pick? Yeah, Phoenix. I mean, they just Aiden Aiden's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. I mean, that draft. Do you think about Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and and uh, 
and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it's incredible. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the Suns. I will say I like the Suns or the Bucks. To be honest with you, I, I I like the idea of Giannis, who you know stayed in Milwaukee, didn't leave Milwaukee, you know, try to win a championship there. But I also, I mean, look, I think Chris Paul has always been a guy that's gotten kind of the raw end of it. He's you know had injury problems and, and teammates that have been injured. Like he's just always disappointed in the playoffs. So I I wouldn't mind seeing seeing uh, CP3 win win a title. Man, if he got a title, you know, uh, we would uh, uh, we would be. Overwhelmed with State Farm commercials, wouldn't we? They would, <laughs> you know, we don't. We don't need any more. I guarantee you they have ball. something with the trophy, the NBA trophy in there. Chris, uh, oh, that's just my NBA trophy. Uh, it would be great. Oh, man. totally, totally. It'd be too much. It'd be too much. Cliff Paul. Well, too much. Cliff Paul. Fantastic. Hey, you're listening to Showtime with Coop. What a little special twist of things today. No guest speaker, just Ari and I talking about uh, the Lakers and the reconstruction of the Lakers. We're going to put some mouth-to-mouth on them and try to bring them back to life. And then uh, the, the, the Clippers, we won't call it a debacle yet. We'll just say that it's happening. And you're seeing it live with Kawhi Leonard not being part of the team, but that team's struggling. Uh but it's fun. I mean, again, I'm rooting for the Clippers, but as soon as the, whatever they do is said and done, then I'm back with the Lakers because the Lakers are going to win the championship next year. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the summer coming up. Got a great summer coming up. And I think it'll give us a time to take a little breather from basketball. But you can't take too much of a deep breath because the big three is coming, baby. And we are back after a uh, horrendous year with this pandemic that shut the, practically the world down and shut everything down. And the big three going into our fourth year, if you haven't heard about it, is Ice Cube's league and his vision of seeing three-on-three basketball. And how I was wondering, all right, how that was going to happen. And I finally got involved with it. Uh, the big three, some of the coaches are myself, Dr. Three's J, company. Pardon me? You still coaching Three's Company? Yes, I'm coaching Three's Company. We'll get into other names, but just some of the coaches that are in the league is Dr. J, uh, Julius Irving, a guy that uh, I still have a problem with because he dunked on me, you know, the infamous cradle dunk. Every time I see Dr. We, we kind of like go over um, why he did that to me. And he was on our show, so Doc told us why. He went into the float zone on me, but that's another story. Uh, Rick Mahorn. From the bad boys, I like to call bad kids, uh, coach. Uh, Rick Barry, one of the greatest players uh, uh, that's ever played this game. Shot the two-hand, two-handed free throws, something that people don't remember. Um, and just the name Nancy of- Lieberman. Nancy Lieberman and Lisa Leslie. Nancy Lieberman, Klein, and Lisa Leslie. Uh, two, two coaches, uh, Lisa coaches triplets. Uh, Nancy coaches power, and they have won the championship consecutively. So I think it's three's company, the team I coach. That's our team. It's our turn to win. This year we start. We have ten games. Of the ten games, five weeks will be in the great city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, games are held on on the weekend, and then we will move down to New Orleans and have five games down there. And when the four teams that make the playoffs. The playoffs are going to be in the Bahamas this year, Ari. And you know what? I'm fired up about that. And I'm fired up for the sense of I don't need any more sun, but I want to get those drinks that have the umbrellas in them in the Bahamas and <laughs> lay out in the sun. Man, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, You're so coaching AI, huh? 
Pardon me? You're coaching AI, huh? No, AI is no longer on the team. He was the coach player, player coach for the team. Okay. And AI left, so that's when I was able to come in with three companies. That's what uh, I thought. Have, pardon me? That's what I thought. So who's on the team? On uh, my team, you got Drew Gooden, uh, DeMar Johnson. We picked up Mario Chalmers. We drafted uh, Jeremy Pargo, who's a great one-on-one player. And then we have uh, our big guy, Ryan Hollins from UCLA. Yeah. I have a tendency to like UCLA guys. Last year, we had uh, uh, Dijon Thompson, who played at UCLA back in the day. He was on our team. So looking at the at our team, we had to revamp. Obviously, we uh, the unfortunate passing of Andre Emmett, who was shot and killed uh, two oh, yeah. years ago. Uh, Andre was on our team and we had to replace him. But I think this year my battle cry will be for him. But again, it's time for us to win. And Ari, I'm really working hard to get this win because if I can get a win in the big three, which is literally former NBA players playing in the league, I will have won a championship with everything that has something to do with the NBA. (laughs) NBA, WNBA, the NBA D-League, and now if I can get this one, man, that would be the, what do they call that? The, um, icing on the cake? No, well, that's icing on the cake, but there's another, uh, the pista resistant. <laughs> pista resistant. You remember we had Ryan Hollins on the show. Didn't he t- tell you to pick him up? Didn't he, didn't he say pick well, him up? Well, he discussed it. Yeah, he was trying to really get me. But you know what? I just, uh, the reason why I like Ryan is because he's a big guy. He's been on, what, three different teams in four years. But the guy is big. He knows about the league. And that was one thing we were looking from a big guy because you have to play some. Reggie Evans, a great player with Sacramento back in the day. He's with uh, uh, the three-headed monsters, coached by Gary Payton, the glove. And I'm always after him, the glove. Well, Coop, the glove, because I was one of the best defensive players in the league, and I locked people down. I said, well, I was one of the best, too, and I didn't have to have no glove. What's that, a gimmick? You want a glove? That's your gimmick, the glove? And Gary, I love Gary, very competitive, Hall of Fame guy. Uh, So uh, Reggie Evans is always very tough. You have uh, Joe Johnson with Trippett and Lisa, Joe Johnson and um, – uh, Joe was great one-on-one player, and this league is almost set up for one-on-one, but you got to play a little team basketball, but Joe was one of the toughest people to guard. So Three's company is suited and ready to go. Starts July 10th. Practices will be on the 9th, and it's going to be fun, all right? Have you ever seen a big three game? Of course. Yeah, it's fun. It is fun. I mean, it really is. It's. Uh, I remember when Ice Cube brought up this league. How many, what's it been? 2017 was the first year, 2018? Yeah, like a lot that. of teams. And they condensed it now. We're down so, to, I think we're down to 12 teams. But it's a better amount of players. I think yep. the players are better. But I just remember when it came out, I was thinking, yeah, I don't know if this will work. But I remember watching it. And, I mean, it is, it's good. It's entertaining. It's, it's exactly what it should be for what it is. You know, it's not trying to do too much. Um, and I'm excited to watch your team because, you know, I'm a Jayhawk. And you got Mario Chalmers who won a national championship with Kansas in 2008, of course. Drew Gooden, who's on one of the best Kansas teams of all time. So you got a couple of Jayhawks in the team now. I did not know Mario Chalmers was from Kansas, but you know what, Drew? That brings on me. I mean, brings me some AT. That brings me. I got a feel for him now. Um, you know, and Ari, when we go out for these games, because you usually get there Thursday, and you practice on a Friday, and they got an hourly. You know, you only get an hour to practice, and then you come and you play the next day, and it's almost like. Um, uh, the, the boys club in a sense of great alumni because all the coaches that you have, the ones I just named and, you know, you got Reggie Theus. Uh, and when we get the chance to talk, 
And yeah, all of us are up in age. Some of us are fat. Some of us are bald. Some of us are grayer. Some of us are a little bit slow. Some of us walk with a limp. Some of us have issues going on. But you know what? Them competitive juices come out and they start flowing. And that's when the shit talking starts. <laughs> right now, I can't do anything. So my mouth is the best weapon I have. And I always go back to when I was playing against George Gervin. Uh, I call it an Iceman cometh. So we get, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a great fun. The season's coming up. This is our fourth year. And it's just uh, telling everybody, watch it. We're on CBS and we're on Trilla. Uh, so you can catch the games live. Our first three games will be live on CBS. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, so I'm getting ready for that. I'm doing my workout. Some of you my- travel back and forth between LA and New York during that? Uh, yeah, well, you'll travel for whatever city you're in. So I'm be being here in LA. I just have to fly to Vegas uh, every week for five weeks, and then I have to fly from here to New Orleans uh, for there to the games, which is pretty cool because I like it. And it's a first class operation. Everybody, and I think like the way that the, the financial aspect was set up, everybody makes the same amount. Players, coaches. But the Ice, Ice Cube has really put the players in more control. So we have what they call player coaches. I'm the coach. I have, I have uh, three player coaches. And the players, uh, the player coaches can make trades if they want. And they don't have to really discuss it with the coach. But I demand <laughs> that they discuss it with me. <laughs> Some of the coaches don't care. I happen to care because I want to know who I'm coaching. And again, it's truly, truly about coaching and it's about everybody buying in, but it's a great thing. And one thing they put a new twist on it this year is we have something that they call fireball. No, it's bring the fire. And when you're playing in a game, you only get one. It's games up to 50, 25 first to 25 is halftime. And you only get one bring the fire uh, each half. And bring the fire is, let's say, Ari, I'm going up for a shot. No, you're going up for a shot. And I foul you. And the referee don't call anything. And you miss the shot. But your team gets the rebound. You can say, your coach can say, bring the fire. And now what happens is you and I go one-on-one. Everybody oh, wow. else sits down and you two go one-on-one and, and it's below the three-point line and you guys get to play. And if you score, like if you shoot and miss, I got to get it, clear it, go, and I can go to the hoop and score. And if, if you score, then you get your initial point. Let's say you're shooting a three, then you get that point plus the two points that you got. So you could possibly get, what, five points on one. It's point. just the one possession. One possession and it's one on one basketball. So, but I got to call it. Your coach got to call it. So, if you're on my team, I go, Oh, no, man, bring the fire. <laughs> and you guys got to stop and you two go one on one basketball. So, I mean, it's awesome. actually kind of cute and interesting. It's another way to get people fired up about it. And you know what? The one thing I love about our games is that Ice Cube has used it like a concert. You know, he got rap music playing all the time. LL Cool J, Snoop Dogg, some of the biggest rapper, Two Chains, uh, have been to our games and they sit courtside. And I mean, it's really, really fun. And it's music the whole time. We get a tremendous crowd everywhere we go. And it's just a big, big, uh, I like to call it a nightclub party. You know, we used party. to play and we went in Boston, we go out to the nightclub or somewhere like that and enjoy the city. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to come out to Vegas or New Orleans for a game this year. 
Yeah, you have to. And let me know because I'll get you courtside seat. Nice. I really want you there. I mean, you'll have a blast. It's, it's, it's kid friendly. I mean, the kids come to meet a lot of kids. And the day before we actually play, uh, the big three has like what they call a kids thing where they'll have an actual basketball camp. And some of our players will come out and participate or the coaches will come out. You get autographs and it's really, really cool, man. But I'm excited about the big three this year uh because i gotta win this championship pressure's on i'm getting 65 and i'm getting too old and my players are starting to get too old so i'm gonna have to rejuvenate and get some younger players but they may not know who i am and then you gotta start that whole process over again <laughs> man i'm michael cooper don't the fuck you know who i am <laughs> all that, which i don't want to so that brings credibility but uh, the big three totally. july 10th our first game las vegas nevada is gonna be hot up there just in the gym, but it's freaking hot out there outside. It was 118 last time I was there. Last week we went up, but uh, I'd rather be Damn. too hot than too cold. I agree with that. No, I, I mean I'm sure it's exciting too to get it back after not having it last year in 2020. I know that was a disappointment for you, so you know it's good to have it back. And I know people would be excited for it. You know, especially you think about in sports, there's not really not much going on after the finals. You know, and you've got baseball going on, but it's kind of before football season starts. So it's always uh, it's always great, you know, to have that as part of the, you know, summer summer watching of sports. It doesn't take a lot of your time. You're probably there at the gym three or four hours. Right. So instead of sitting in your backyard, smoking a blunt or drinking or doing something like that, come watch some basketball, man. Get outside, get some exercise. Walk your butt to the gym, walk down the steps, grab a seat, watch some good basketball. Then you walk and do anything you want to the rest of the day. <laughs> anyway that's it for this this episode of showtime with coop all right i always love talking to you next week though i got some guests coming and some people you're gonna want to hear from i'm not gonna divulge any names but i got them nice. signed signed sealed and delivered and there's some former players of mine and we will go back into the wayback machine and talk about some of the Mm, nightly excursions we used to have after the game. Once Ooh. we go win and play in Philly, uh, yeah, uh, nothing crazy, but you know, it'll be nice to hear uh, and reminisce. It's always fun to get those forum club stories, you know? Well, this is better than a forum club because this is another city. This is in New York, Chicago. Things got a little Philly. Wild here. But that's what we're going to have for you. And again, always some informative basketball information for you. And there you have it, AT, my friend. Have a wonderful day. Showtime with Coop Podcast. Uh, That's a wrap. 